Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, June the 8th, and we come off nothing. No Phillies baseball yesterday, no Defeat no glory. An off day for the Phillies yesterday. We'll take it. Phillies have won three of four, though. It doesn't feel that way. Two or three over the weekend, then a couple days off. But that's 17 to three games. Three of four on a bit of a roll. Let's go, Phillies. Exciting to think about. Um, back at it today versus the Braves. A massive, massively important series against Atlanta. Starting today, the Phillies will have Nola, Wheeler, or Nola Eflin Wheeler going. So that's huge. That is, that's what you want as they say, uh, but it's a big one. Is the Phillies, you know, a half game back of the Braves in the division, four games back of the Mets. The Braves are three and a half back of the Mets, but um, really important series is we're starting to see a little separation in the NL East. The Mets to the Phillies, the Braves to the Nats, the Marlins. We'll get into that later. I want to take a look, uh, a detailed look at, at the standings throughout baseball. I haven't done that in a while where we go around the league, but certainly particularly in the NL East. And, of course, I want to look ahead to this massive Massive series with the Braves and, and and reasons for positivity heading into this series. Again, they've won three of four. They've scored 12 and 17 runs in two of the last four games they played. And when you just look at the offense, as we've talked about, there is reason for excitement, reason for optimism with Harper coming back, with Romito back and starting to feel it again. And, you know, you just look at the lineup and if Alec Bohm can give you something and McCutcheon's starting to hit a little bit and all that, it's like, oh, all right, like... This doesn't look like a horrible lineup anymore. Like, maybe there's some potential with this lineup. So, uh, we'll get to all that. I want to start, obviously, with the news of the day yesterday. Uh, no baseball game. Um, but news of the day, uh, and, and I guess pretty big news for the Phillies, uh, at least for Phillies fans. The Phillies outrighting Scott Kingery. So, Scott Kingery has been placed on waivers, cleared waivers, and has been taken off the 40-man roster. Now, he'll still be a part of the organization. It will go to AAA. Um, he will still be in the organization, as mentioned, um, because he was not claimed, which is not surprising with the contract. Um, but he's not on the 40-man roster anymore, and that's a a big deal. You know, I think if, first and foremost, it's a major, major sign that Scott Kingery's never going to be a successful Philadelphia Philly, which is something we all had come around to, I think, over the last year or so or whatever. But um, it's a big deal to take him off the 40-man roster. You know, that is something that teams do not do lightly. And, uh, you know, because to put him back on, you have to expose somebody. You know, they're, they're you're careful with your 40-man roster spots because 
in order to take someone off and put someone on, the person you take off, you got to expose them to the rest of the league and say, hey, y'all want him? You can have him. He's yours. No one took Kingery. Not shocking is that contract. I, I mean, a flat-out disaster. I mean, disaster might be a strong term. It's not like he signed for $20 million a year or whatever, but but a, a horrible contract that is a clear miss and one that hurt, hurts the team. I mean, still old, you know, over $10 million for the next few years. That's a, that's a crushing blow for a team that, you know, has shown they don't want to go over the luxury tax and all that. You know, it is a it is a real bummer to pay that kind of money to a guy who's not even going to be on your roster, which is where it looks like it's clearly headed with Scott Kingery. Um, and look, I think, you know, look, we've only seen, I think, what, three of those uh, types of contracts, the uh, Kingery one, the John Singleton one, and I believe Evan White. I don't know a ton about that one, but that one as well. But none of them seem to work out. Certainly the Singleton and, and Kingery ones, disasters. And I think we will not see teams give players these, you know, while you're still in the minor leagues before you've stepped foot on a major league type of contract. Rightfully so. It's probably smart not to. <laughs> it's been good. But look, I'll, I'll I, when they signed the Kingery contract, I thought it was a good idea. Like, it seemed like he was um, not necessarily like a can't-miss star type player, but that it was like, all right, it feels like the floor is pretty high here. You know, he's a good defender, a good good hitter, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, I, you know, this, this is going to be a smart contract. This could end up being where... In the back end of this deal, the last three, four years of this deal, you're like, whoa, what a what a steal he is. Um, not so, obviously. Um, and it was a mistake. And and look, I, I know I hear a lot of, you know, the the Phillies ruined Scott Kingery and and they definitely played a role, but let's, you know, not absolve Scott Kingery of his role in it too. You know, there's a lot of blame to go around. Ultimately, though, it is it is a bummer. You know, Scott Kingery is someone who we as Phillies fans put a lot of faith in, a lot of hope in. And, you know, look, we've been talking about with Spencer Howard lately, right? The idea of, of the micro and the macro where talking about how important Spencer Howard is to this team for this season right now in the role he's in, but but in a much bigger, more important sense, the the macro of it, the we need Spencer Howard to be good because we don't have high-end prospects like that. <laughs> Certainly not major league ready ones. So um, the same thing kind of applies to Kingery in the sense of of it being an extra big bummer that it didn't work out because Phillies have not had a ton of success drafting and developing players. And Kingery, a second-round draft pick, the pedigree was there. Now, he only really had the one outstanding minor league season, the one right before he got paid, that last one. He was unbelievable. Um, but prior to that, didn't really have any massive years in the minors, so maybe... It could be a case of just kind of overrating the player, Scott Kingery. Um, but there was pedigree with the second-round pick and all that. But um, ultimately, you know, it's a it's a failure of a deal. Uh, there's no way around it. There is no way around it. It was a mistake to give him that contract. It was a failure of a contract. And we can't count on Scott Kingery to be a part of this team or a part of this future. And again, to the point I was just making, it's a bummer because, look, you can't just build teams with trades and, and free agent signings. You know, the the every team drafts and develops. I mean, the best, obviously, the the Rays and teams like that are just unbelievable. The Dodgers, we told you that, we talked about that stat earlier this season where it was like, what was it, uh, nine out of ten guys in their 2017 draft class has already made the majors or something like that. It was insane. Like, that's the type of stuff the Phillies obviously have to do a much, 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 much better job at, and you hope that with – you know, Brian Barber here and the new crew here that, that starts that moving forward and hearing great things about Mick Abel, which is obviously very exciting. And 
very um, um, makes you enthusiastic about that. But again, this is a, Scott Kingery is a failure of the player development side, failure, and a, a player they gave a lot of money to, um, and it it failed. You know that's that's it. Like there's no other way around it. How this played out for Kingery, it's um, and again, it is a shame. It's a it's a real bummer. Um, for everyone, you know, especially for Phillies fans, I think you know this is again a guy we um, we really felt was going to be a, a part of our lives for a long time, right? You know, we thought Scott Kingery was you, know, you could buy his jersey, you know, you could count on him to be in our lives, and uh, it's a shame because that's that's clearly not the way it's going to go here. As um, it's a uh, it's a disappointment and it's a shame and it's too bad, but um. It is what it is. And and look, I do credit at least the Phillies um finally make this move. Um, as you know, we'll talk in a second about who could replace him on the four man roster, but it's very clear that Scott Kingery is just not a major league quality player at this point in his career. He's just not. It's it's a shame. it's it's what it is. Um, but he is just not a major league quality player and not close and um you know, um, it's too bad because, again, I think a lot of us all had real high hopes for Scott Kingery here in Philadelphia, real belief that he could do something here. And um, and it's a shame. And uh, I think we can, again, you never know, he's still in the system. He can get placed back on the 40, man. That can happen. But, um, you know, I think in all likelihood, the, uh, the Scott Kingery era in Philadelphia is over, and it's a shame. And it was a missed contract. It was a missed cross the board, and it's a shame. Um, all right, uh, who will replace him is, a, is an interesting question on the 40-man. Luke Williams makes the most sense. Um, infielder, can play the outfield, has been crushing in the Myers this year and also crushing for Team USA. Clearly makes the most sense. We don't know. It could be a, a move from outside the organization. We have no idea what they're going to do. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on it. Obviously sending Maytown down as well. So you need a, a guy on the Major League roster. It makes sense to use both at once, put someone on the 40-man roster to put into the Majors, Luke Williams. Makes a ton of sense there. So that'd be my guess. He's got like a 950 OPS in the Myers this year and, again, has been crushing for Team USA. So I guess Luke Williams makes the most sense, but we'll keep an eye on that. Either way, um, it's a shame this guy, King Riera, is over, at least most likely over for the Phils, and it's too bad because that was someone I think we all, you know, him and Hoskins coming up, and we all hoped and believed that was uh, our future. And uh, obviously not as much. Uh, all right. Uh, one other thing I want to get to before we look at the standings and look ahead to the uh, series with the Braves. Massive, massive series with the Braves. Um, something that we've kind of talked about along the way here, um, and I've mentioned a couple points along the way, but it has definitely become much more of a thing since we last talked about it, and it's important. Um, we talked a few weeks ago about JT Romito coming out and saying all these pitchers are using these substances. There's way too much of it. It's worse than it's ever been in the sport. Someone needs to do something. And and at the time, it was just shocking that a catcher, the guy who catches pitchers, literally, would come out and say that about pitchers in Major League Baseball. Uh, likely guys on his own team, because it seems like everybody does it. Um, so that is one thing. Shocked he did that. But um, it looks like it's had a profound effect. I mean, since that happened... Um, Stories have been written, you know, The Athletic picked it up, other sites are starting to write, and then all of a sudden it's kind of gained a little momentum to the point where Major League Baseball is actually finally doing something about this. Can you believe it? Major League Baseball 
is cracking down on the foreign substances. And this is such a obvious no-brainer thing for them to do. And I'm very happy they're doing it. But like, yeah, no-brainer. Um, so they're going to, over the next uh, few weeks, they're going to start checking baseball. They already did a, a random search where no penalties would be, but of, of taking balls and just checking the substances on them. And there were a lot of substances, apparently. And now they're going to actually checks pitchers uh during games like they won't do it in a way that will mess with pace of play uh it'll be like probably when a pitcher's coming off the field and going back on or whatever but um you know it's more subtle way but they're gonna be checking pitchers for substances and they're gonna be checking the balls and they're gonna be doing all that stuff and if they get caught it's a 10 game suspension that's awesome good job major league baseball you don't get to say that very often right and look let me be fair Good job finally doing it, Major League Baseball. You've known about this for a long time. Trevor Bauer's been talking about this for for multiple years now, and nothing has happened until now, but finally at least something is happening. So I really shouldn't give Major League Baseball too much credit, but I'm happy it's happening because we've talked a lot on this show about the fundamental problems with baseball right now and, and how there is a better version of the game than this one with this obscene amount of strikeouts, the obscene dominance of pitchers, averages in the league-wide averages in the 230s. Again, strikeout rates, a league strikeout rate at 25%. One of every four batters in this league who steps to the plate strikes out. I mean, that's that's a disaster for the sport. It just is. I love baseball. I love watching a strikeout. I'm cool with strikeouts, but... The best version of the sport is one where the ball's in play, the one where there are doubles and triples and great defensive plays and stolen bases and action. Action. That is the best version of the sport, and it doesn't change it fundamentally. It's not like, you know, this is the type of thing where it's like changing what the sport is. I mean, a much more fundamental change than, than you know, trying to fix this pitching thing is that runner on second base in the in extra innings, and we're cool with that, or at least some of us are. Maybe not all of us. Um, but... This is this is an important moment for baseball because the game is veering further away from what makes it great. And this pitching thing is the, the clear reason for the issues. And I don't know if this will work or not, the, the real crackdown on substances, but... I have advocated, I'm like, I'm good on moving the mound back, moving the mound down, like these actual structural changes that, that are, are much more drastic than just not letting pitchers cheat, right? I mean, this is a rule on the books. You are not allowed to use substances when you're pitching, and the level of substance use has gotten to the point where there's there's like, these are creations for this purpose. Like, it used to be Vaseline or or rosin or whatever. Now it's like people are creating substances specifically for this purpose to get this grip, to get this spin rate, to make the ball move like that. And it's running rampant in baseball from everything we understand from the balls they've collected to all that it's everywhere. And um, if they can do something this simple, right? This, hey, let's just check the pitchers. Let's just crack down on this thing, and it can make a difference. I mean, look, maybe it's not, maybe it's something where we still need to do some other changes down the road. Whether it's you know, look, the the shift. How many times have people talked about banning the shift or not letting infielders off the uh, uh, infield uh, dirt as another uh, type of shift or whatever? All that, like, get rid of all that stuff. I mean, uh, or move the mound down, move the mound back. What wouldn't it be great if they could actually help solve this a little bit by something so simple as just not letting pitchers cheat, not letting pitchers use substances? Wouldn't that be wild? And I think it could have a pretty profound difference. I mean, the spin rate, 
um, on these balls, the way it moves is is ungodly. And it's going to be fascinating. Like the next few weeks is going to be as fascinating a time as we've had in baseball in a while in terms of watching what happens from a results perspective of do the hitting numbers go up? Do the strikeout numbers go down? Do the RPM spin rate numbers go drastically down for for lots of pitchers, certain pitchers? Like, it's going to be fascinating, and it's going to tell us a lot about this. And I I am very interested to see what these numbers say and see how this data kind of fans out here. It's going to be fascinating. And again, like, I don't ultimately think it will have enough of a profound impact where they won't eventually have to do something else, whether it's the shift, whether it's the mound or something to really get the game where it needs to be or where it should be so that we have the best version of the sport that we can have and the most interesting and the most fun and the one that most people want to watch. Um, but I'm intrigued to see what it does. I'm intrigued to see if it has a, a, a legitimate impact, and I really think it could have a legitimate impact. And again, anything we could do to make the game more fun, do it. Do it. Anything we can get to get the balls in play more, do it. And especially right now, right? Like, you're not moving the mound back this season. You're not moving the mound down this season. Like, those are structural, drastic changes, dramatic changes that are going to take time to get to that, being ready for that, or, or to do that. Or is this something you do right now? Check the, check the gloves. Check the pitcher's belts. Check their hats. Boom. Good. You got your stuff. Up. Oh, you're out. Up. Oh, nothing. All right. Go pitch. Up. Oh, you gave up a home run. That's what happens when you can't spin the ball like that. I mean, who knows? Either way, I'm, I, I am very happy that Major League Baseball is cracking down on this. I will not applaud them. That was a little aggressive earlier because it's been going on forever and they've known about it. And it is cheating. And they, yet again, with many things, whether obviously steroids, the friggin' Astros, all this Major League Baseball, no cheating going on, just kind of like, let's let it go. Um, they're doing something. So so well done that it's happening, and I'm, I'm happy. I, I think this could make a, a difference, and um, we'll keep our eye on it. It's going to be fascinating, fascinating to watch those numbers over the next few weeks, um, month, all that. All right, uh, the standings. We've not taken a look around the league in a minute, and then uh, we'll get to the Braves um, series Coming up in a minute as the Phillies, uh, as we mentioned before, we'll come back to the NLEs, but the Phillies four games back in the Mets, three and a half. Uh, the Braves three and a half backs there, half game back at the Braves. Let's go with the AL and then we'll spam back to the National League. AL East, man, the Rays just continue to ray it up. It's unbelievable. Payroll the quarter of the Phillies, they're 28 and 23. They're tied for the best record in baseball, um, depending on, you know, I think actually Gabe Kapler's win percentage is Slightly higher. Gabe Kapler, a 627 win percentage. The Rays, 623 win percentage, but uh, essentially one up in the win and loss column from the Giants. But those are the two best teams in baseball. Uh, and the, the Red Sox only a half game back. Red Sox 37 and 23. So them and the Rays sitting out in front pretty handily. The Blue Jays are six back of uh, the Rays, and they're still three games above 500. I mean, imagine if the, the Blue Jays were in the National League East. Um, they would be sitting there... Uh, you know, uh, right, uh, certainly in front of the Phillies, they'd be right behind the Mets, but they'd be in front of the Phillies. Uh, but ultimately, they're six games back of the Rays. Yankees, six and a half back. The Yankees, 31 and 29. Yankees coming to town next week, or excuse me, this weekend. Um, and they've been struggling, so hopefully the Phillies can take advantage of that. Um, the Ray, the Orioles uh, out of it. But again, just the Rays, unbelievable. Uh, AL Central, 
despite all the internal stuff that's gone on with Larusa and Yerman and all the stuff, the White Sox keep winning games, and they lost Luis Robert, they lost Eloy Jimenez, winning games, thirty six and twenty three. I'm I'm shocked. They've been they've been very good. Um, Cleveland four games back at thirty one twenty six. Cleveland, I don't know how they do it. Traded Lindor. Their team is they have an amazing staff, or at least they got some amazing starters. Shane Bieber, I'm really talking about you. Um, a great bullpen, but but still, they just find ways to win games. It's like organizational. It's it's the Rays, it's the A's, it's the Indians, it's these super smart teams that find ways to win on the margins, and and it's year after year. Um, Kansas City Royals five hundred, so still kind of hovering. I'm sure they'll fall, but uh, Royals have had a better year than uh than. And granted, they started out they were in first place for a while and stuff, so they've they've cooled off since then. But the Rays still. Finding ways to win some games, six and a half back of the White Sox, then the Twins and Tigers, 12 back each. Twins, year from hell, just has not gone their way. Uh, AL West, Oakland in first uh, by game over the Astros, 35 and 26. The Astros, 33 and 26. So uh, tied in the loss column, two back in the win column. Uh, then Seattle's 30 and 31, five back of Oakland. Then the uh, Angels are six and a half back, and the Rangers, 12 back. That feels like it's an A's Astros division moving forward. NL Central, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers just winning baseball games out of nowhere. They are nine and one in their last ten. They're on a four-game winning streak. They are now thirty-three and twenty-six. They're a half game up in that division somehow. As the Cubs, who had been white hot, have cooled down a bit. They are thirty-three and twenty-seven, a half game back of Milwaukee and St. Louis, who's been struggling. They've lost five straight. They are twenty. 31 and 29. Then uh, Cincinnati creeping back up, uh, only four games out of the division lead there at 28 and 29. Then, of course, the Pirates way back there at 23 and uh, 35. The Brewers are interesting. I, there's not not a great offensive club, but that man, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, top two. They're two of the 10 or 12 best pitchers in baseball. And Freddie Brawls is up there too. That's a top three that, that's be- probably better than the Phillies. We don't see too many as we talk about, but that's that's a legit one. Um, so the Central uh, right now, interesting at the top of those three teams. And then the West, I mean, man, first of all, San Francisco Giants, Gabe Kapler, best record in baseball, 37-22, and 22, a 627 winning percentage. They're plus 70 in run differential. The Phillies are minus 11. So Gabe Kapler's Giants are a plus 81 on the Phillies in run differential. The whole NL West, the, the Giants are plus 70. The Padres are plus 75. The Dodgers are plus 83. The Phillies are minus 11. Let's just do a look at... So that's anyway, that's the top of the NL West, and then the Rockies and Diamondbacks aren't going anywhere. The NL East, look at the run difference we're just talking about. And the the Mets are in first place at 29 and 23. The Braves at 28 and 29 in second, three and a half back. Then the Phillies a half game back of that at 28 and 30. Then three games back of the Phillies, seven of the Mets. Uh, the Nationals at 24 and 32. Then three and a half back of the Phillies, seven and a half back of the Mets. The Marlins at 25 and 34. So we're starting to see some separation even within the NLEs. The Mets separated a little bit from the Braves and Phillies. Braves and Phillies separated a bit from the Nats and Marlins. That's why this Braves series is so important. We'll get to that in a sec. But just from a run differential perspective, you're going to list those numbers. The Giants plus 70. The Padres plus 75. The Dodgers plus 83. The Mets are the only team in the NL East who have a plus run differential. They are plus 11. Uh, Atlanta's minus three, Philly's minus 11, Nationals minus 31, and Miami minus five. Again, plus 70, plus 75, plus 83 for those three teams in the West. So, yikes. Yikes. Really, when you look around the National League, actually, it's really the National League. So, there are only five teams in the National League with a plus run differential, which is pretty crazy. The Mets at plus 11, the Cubs at plus 25, and then those three NL West teams. Everyone else has a negative run differential which is pretty, 
pretty bonkers. Like that's that's pretty wild. But ultimately, the Phillies look. Um, Mets continue to find ways to win games with a beat up roster, seven and three in their last ten. The Phillies and Braves are both five and five in their last ten. Then the Nats three and seven, and the Marlins one and nine. That kind of explains how that separation's getting there. Um, and the Mets have just been you know winning games, fifteen and five at home. That's pretty wild. Um, the Phillies seventeen eleven at home, but eleven and nineteen on the road. That's been that's been one of the killers for them. So um, you know Phillies. Really could use some some wins this series against the Braves. Let's get into it. As a, it's a massive series. It is such an important series. Again, as we just talked about, they're a half game back of the Braves. They're four back of the Mets. You need it here. The Phillies need this series. Honestly, I need them to sweep. <laughs> Please, I don't know. Probably will not happen, but um, two or three at a minimum. Uh, Nola versus Smiley tonight. Obviously, Nola, the advantage there, that's huge. Eflin against Davidson tomorrow. Again, the Phillies should have the advantage there. And then on Thursday, day game, Wheeler versus Ian Anderson. Again, the Phillies have the advantage there. There's a spot. The Phillies are going into this series, needing this series. Braves reeling a little bit. Marcelo Zuna, that whole situation. They've lost him for, who knows, probably the season potentially. Uh, Darno's out for the year. They've had some injuries. They've had some issues. This is the time. Pounce on them at home. This is a massively important series for the Phillies. They need to take advantage with their top three pitchers going in it. It is so big. Yankees coming to town after. Massive, massive series. Go get them, Phils. We need this one. We'll talk about it. Uh, either way, let's hope they do it. Either way, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.